every marriage has vulnerabilities. Even the strongest, most secure marriages have vulnerabilities. And we want to help you have conversations around some of these vulnerabilities to help sure them up. This is the Connecting Couples Podcast with The Real Emhoffs. I'm Angela Emhoff. And I'm Chad Emhoff, and we're talking about marriage maintenance. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some of the pitfalls, the places where people get stuck, where, where, where relationship kind of goes off the rails, and some of the ways to avoid those traps, those snares that are out there that we could all walk into and just really be taken off guard and, and it could really wreck our relationships. And so the whole thing, the whole this whole series has been about how do we stay on the offense? How do we stay ahead of, or if, if we're in a good place, how do we keep, keep the lead, so to speak, relationally? And Angela and I are going to kind of dive into that and discuss a little bit of that as we go through. Um, there are lots of like foundational things that we would, we would like to talk about, but like both protecting, but also how do we kind of really feed the relationship that is so central uh, to our family? You know, Chad and I both work with a lot of couples that their relationship is already in pretty high distress. Chad is a marriage and family therapist. I work in a recovery program. And so a lot of the couples we see have addiction, affairs, issues that are really, really hard on relationship. And so as we were doing this series, we both kind of said, what what have been some of the hardest things we've seen? And what possibly could have been put into that relationship that might have prevented that thing from happening? I saw a funny meme a couple of weeks ago on Facebook um, of a person sinking in quicksand. And it said, from all of the movie watching in the 80s and 90s, I really thought quicksand was going to be a bigger problem for me in my adult years than it has been. (laughs) Because so many of those like, you know, action adventure movies, somebody falls into quicksand. And it's funny because the The old cowboy in my mind, I think, have I watched enough movies about quicksand that if I ever fell in it, I could get myself out? You know, this is an oddly kind of that conversation. This is going to be basically about some of the hardest things that happen in relationship. And we're obviously don't hope any of those things happen in your relationship, but we want to kind of anticipate here are some things that you could do to safeguard your relationship so that these don't come up so that there are possible opportunities for you to avoid maybe just, you know, something sneaking in that could be really hard or create discord or disconnection in your relationship. I'm just kind of in my head going like, a lot of times we don't know what we're doing in a marriage. I know that, uh, and I'll use specifically my first marriage. I don't think we knew where we were going or what we were doing. We had no plan. We had no vision. We had no, no real idea what, what, what the marriage was even for in some ways. We were kind of trying to enjoy life and each other, but it would, it really got off the rails pretty quickly. And so I'm like, I concur with that wholeheartedly about my first marriage, just being clueless, but we had no purpose. Yeah. We had no direction and, and no shared direction or purpose, which is the first thing we really want to talk about is like, in our marriage, in our in our lives, it, it kind of set itself up to be natural in some ways because we met in a graduate school that was, you know, as a counselor education program, basically, we're, we're learning to be counselors or marriage and family therapists. And so we were like, hey, we both care about people and we both have a passion to help people. Um, and so it's like, for us, we have these shared vision, shared passion. I don't think that has to be 
always, right? Like you don't have to work together. You don't have to work with your spouse. In fact, it may be a little bit harder to work with your spouse sometimes. <laughs> Not everyone gets along yeah. like we do. But I want to say that it, you should have some shared vision or shared passion, uh, 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 some central theme to your marriage and life that says, hey, this is where we're going or this is what we're doing. Go ahead. This has been such an important thing from Chad in our relationship from almost the beginning of it. Like he wants us to have almost like a fundamental mission statement that says, do we have the same values? And for us, some of those values that he really intentionally wanted to make sure we aligned on spiritual values, financial values. And I, and I think about even what does that mean? We both had a strong faith, and our faith was a major component of who we were. When I say even financial values, something that is super valuable to Chad, we're actually teaching engaged couples how to you know, build a healthy relationship, and we talk to them about money and money practices. And there's a family rule for Chad that you need to consider being thrifty or not spending the most amount of money on something, but really getting the best for the amount you're spending. And that is something that he really wanted to make sure I also agreed with. And I did. My family yeah. of origin aligned wholeheartedly with that, that you want to be well, another... thrifty and considerate. And so these are these elements that he's like, these are values that matter to me. I need them to matter to you. And we together came up with it. What's another well, one? Well, I was going to say another value around money specifically is like, we want to give. Like we want to, like Angela used to drive around with five bucks in her glove box all the time or, or, or in the little. My homeless yeah, money. And she would like give, like every time she saw somebody that was homeless, she would give them five bucks. And I'm like. And then I'd replenish it. Yeah. But, that's, but that's something for me, even how we treat, how I treat those who are, you know, maybe disenfranchised or underprivileged. It was modeled to me by my father to be generous and to com be compassionate. And so that was something, you know, Chad and I, I think in our dating years, drove up to a stop sign where there was a panhandler and I kind of assessed how does he feel about this? This is a huge component of who I am to be generous and to, to give. And I and so I said, like, I'm gonna get I got two bucks in my wallet, I'm gonna give it to this person. And it was a great conversation that at least for us, I don't care what that person is doing with that two dollars. If I had to stand on the corner to get any sort of income, I would want the freedom to spend that two dollars on whatever I wanted to. <laughs> and we had this conversation about giving that we ended up aligning on. And it is a huge value to me that we not only practice those things together, but also that our daughter understands. And so she now, if she sees somebody, will be like, get the homeless money, mom. That's what we call it. I might need to call it something else. But that's, I mean, I think that's <laughs> if, if they're homeless, right? But I'm like... There's my cynical side coming out a little bit, but I'm like, you know, but I, but I think we both care enough to we say, influence hey, each we other for the give. things. Yeah, we're going to give and, and we're going to try to be uh, smart about that. There are areas that we don't align on. I think sometimes I'm a little more uh, protective in some ways than she is. And I'm over trusting. Yeah, but, but, but even like, that, we've had to have a conversation around what it looks like to trust. And I lean on Chad a lot for tell me the things I'm not considering in this interaction that I need to. I mean, as we've talked about in all of these episodes, this is about leveraging the strengths of your partner. And your partner has values that you appreciate. And that's what we want you to kind of bring forward. Yeah. And and so we're asking you in, in some ways to kind of think about what it is that, that y'all do. Think about what it is that, that that is kind of the direction of your relationship and of your family. So that's one, that's kind of like the first, like off the top, 
have have some consideration for what are the things that we're intentionally doing that we believe in, right? I think sometimes if if we don't have those things, if we haven't had if we haven't taken the time to make those things explicit, if we're not like clear about what it is, then it's easy for me to start to believe bad things about Angela or for her to believe bad things about me. And maybe you guys could do that about your, uh, but, but if we know, Hey, we both have this ethic or yeah. this moral value or compass that's guiding us. I think a lot of times I can go, uh, yeah, she's kind of being harsh today, but I, I know she has a good heart and we're going and we're doing these things together. And it's, it's like a foundational, this ties us like yeah. this kind of makes us on the same team, even when it, at times, which I think we all feel that it doesn't feel like we're on the same team. So having this like foundation or this mission or vision statement for your family, uh, and you may be so inclined as to write out a formal vision or mission statement, uh, but at least kind of having a, that 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 foundation that you're standing on is important. One for of me. the reasons why we feel this is so important is because when stress comes, when trouble comes, when the waters rise, however you want to word that. If we have a mission statement, I worked for a company that was really grounded in their mission statement. As a matter of fact, employees in the first three months of their employment had to memorize it, and you kind of got checked off on your first evaluation whether or not you had the mission statement memorized, is because then in that company, we would make decisions and continually ask, does this honor our mission statement? Does this line up with our core values? And that's what we kind of want to present in our relationship. Like Chad and I have these core values, and we can assess are we making decisions? Are we moving in a direction that honors our core values? This was huge when 2020 hit and churches closed their doors for a while because you couldn't meet. Chad and I both knew from the get-go that faith and, our, and the spiritual component of our relationship was important, and that helped inform what we were going to do in the interim. Yeah. Whether it was podcast or online church, and our church quickly picked up online and, and we adapted. But that was something that's like, hey, hey, remember this core value that we have? What are we going to do to maintain it? And so that is the first part. Now, there's another part we want to add, and we call kind of this the, the safeguard list. Both Chad and I talk freely about our, our former relationships, our former marriages, that there was infidelity, that there was hurt, that there were a lot of outliers. Plus, we work with lots of couples who have these basically infractions in their relationship that are really hard on the relationship. And so this list that we're about to go over is really things that we've seen where it went wrong because there wasn't consideration around this area. And so we want to bring it up for you to consider, and we're just going to kind of roll down a few of them. So a few of those things that I want you to uh, kind of consider are are things that are just practical. I mean, they yeah. really are practical, and we're not saying you have to do any of this, but we're saying we have seen things go wrong when people don't do this. Uh, so the, the first thing is really uh, talking about phones and passwords and, and even social media stuff. Like, I, I think it's important, and, and Angela and I both have free access to each other's phones, computers, iPad. Whatever the thing is. Um, Passwords yeah. to social media. At any point, I can say to Chad, hey, can I see your phone? Maybe I need to like send a text from his phone because mine's dead. Or maybe I'm feeling insecure and want want to check something. I mean, that's a, the negative reason for it. But I come from a first marriage where there was infidelity and it was really hurtful. And so if I have an insecure day and say, hey, can I see your phone? How he responds to that is huge for me. He yeah. might not. He might 
I mean, there obviously is not anything going on on his side. And I asked the question, he could easily be like, why do you want to see my phone? And this could go negative. But we have a relationship where there's trust enough that he goes, hey, it sounds like something's wrong with your heart. Yes, obviously you can have my phone. We have access to each other's phones, but what's going on? And then we have a different conversation. But if he were to hold that back, then I start to question, then I start to doubt, then I go into a place of my woundedness that doesn't look good in our relationship. And so part of this conversation is going, hey, what are some of the maybe past wounds where things have gone wrong that we can get ahead of for our partner? Yeah. And this was one of them. Well, and I want to say that, that you know, it, it's probably obvious, right, why we're saying that. I mean, I think, you know, again, working in the field that I work in, it's like, it's pretty simple for me to say, oh yeah, well, I've seen lots of people who didn't have access to a Facebook account or that, that social media was used to connect with an old boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. And so we're like, if that access is there, I think sometimes you're just, it's not to say that there's not any way that that could ever happen. And it could, if somebody's looking to get out of a relationship or wants to go do something, they always can. But I think whenever I know that, Hey, Angela's going to see this, I'm much more likely to be like, Hey, Angela, this person reached out or this thing happened or which doesn't happen very often, but it does sometimes. Yeah. Right. And so I want to just say that that having that access, having that openness, having that, it, it does feel a little bit weird at times. Uh, but at the same time, it does, it kind of safeguards, it makes it a little bit safer. You know, I want to say too, I mean, the hard part is we're approaching this from the perspective of we work with a lot of couples where it's gone wrong and it, it has been hurtful and we want to get ahead of that for you. However, you might be listening and some of this stuff might be coming up for you. And so we recognize that this might trigger, like if we're saying give your partner your password when you guys haven't done that, that might make you have anxiety or, or mistrust might come up if your partner says no. We want to just say, if that's you, if this goes bad, seek help, get a therapist to help you process this and navigate it. We want to try to help you guys not only build security, but trust is the foundation of that security. And so part of these moves, when I ask Chad for his phone and, and I'm in an insecure place, rarely do I want to see what's on the phone. What I want to see is his flexibility and response to meeting the need if I have it. That speaks more volumes than any content that I'm going to find. And so that's why we're having this conversation. And in line with that social media thing, um, quite a few of our uh, couples we've worked with, we end up having a conversation about what kind of communication with the opposite gender is okay. And so for Chad and I, I, I want to take a moment to say every couple has to figure this out on their own. Chad and I both come from relationships where there was infidelity. And so we have had conversations about making sure if he is speaking with somebody of the opposite gender or if I am speaking with somebody of the opposite gender, we have a few things that we do. We don't ride in the car alone with the opposite gender. We don't engage in conversations about deep emotional stuff. I don't confide in someone of the opposite gender that I'm having a hard time in my marriage and I think Chad's a jerk. That doesn't, right. I'm not looking for validation from somebody. Now, the, this outlier is that he knows about it and that we have an agreement, meaning maybe we're going to a therapist and the therapist is a male or a female and the therapist sees us individually a few times or together for a few times. And so that is a male I would be confiding in or a female he would be confiding in. But I know about it and we are in agreement that that is okay. So many times the place where it goes wrong in a relationship is you don't tell your partner because you probably know your partner wouldn't appreciate that relationship 
And here's a, I want to jump in real yeah. quick. Like, here's a funny one too that I, it co- comes to mind, but it's this idea that like, I'm not going to go tell my mom about things outside of our relationship before you know about those yeah, things. Yeah, man, of my, that's which a huge is, one. It's a simple thing, but it's like, we really try to give new information, important information to each other first. It's an alliance yep. move. Uh, Chad and I have had a conversation about how frustrated I get when we're at the, when we go out to eat and I say, what are you going to order? And he's like, I don't know yet. And I'm like, he's like, what are you going to order? And I'm like, I'm going to get the, you know, chicken salad. And he said, I don't know yet. And then the, the food server will come to the table and he'll tell the food server exactly what he wants as though he's been like waiting all day to order it. And then the food server leaves and I'm like, why couldn't you tell me that information? It might've adjusted what I order. Cause I want to like eat off your plate. Now that's a whole nother podcast we could do, but we have had this conversation about being the first to know the information. Obviously that you can't do that every single time, but around family, that alliance move is huge where he and I have both said, don't say yes to your dad that we're going to come down and visit them until you've said yes to me. Don't say yes to your mom that she's going to do this until we've talked about it and agreed upon it. We are the first and foremost relationship where content needs to be shared. Along that same lines, don't have secrets with other people that your spouse or partner does not know about. All secrets happen between this relationship. There should not be secrets outside of this relationship. If you right. have secrets, you might want to consider why and how to access those. And and well, I mean, you can, I think there, it's obvious why we're saying some of these things and maybe some of them aren't so obvious, but, but even like when it comes to like friend groups or, um, you know, where, where we hang out, you know, I, we, we really try to like, uh, have a, have a sense of inclusion no matter where that is. And so I might have some friends that she doesn't know, or she might have some friends that I don't know, but there would never be like a a cause to say, you can't know this person or you can't hang out with these people. We really try to keep that open and and have, have room for that. The same thing with like finances, right? I don't have secret money stashed away or she doesn't, not to say that you can't have your own fun money, right? And have plans for that and want to buy something or get something or do something without, I mean, however you guys do your finances, but there isn't like this, I have my secret little bundle of money that I'm spending, or you have your secret little uh, way that you do your things. And so we want to be clear about that. There could be, if you're the person, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, let's say you're the person who who runs the finances, but you guys agree on that and your partner knows what's happening with the finances, that is different than, oh, I don't want to burden my partner with this, so I'm going to keep it to myself. Or I'm not, my partner wouldn't understand what I'm even talking about, so I'm not going to let them in on what's happening. So either one of those, it would be important to say, hey, we need to have a conversation about this so that we can be in alignment or so that there is trust there. In these areas where we don't have the conversation about possible safeguards, that's where mistrust can start to build. That's where we've seen actually bad things happen in a relationship and the the other partner is blindsided by what's happening because there wasn't this thing. I think that all of these things could be... uh, and we could probably add a hundred more. If Absolutely. We to, I was just in my mind thinking, and I know we have to wrap up, but I was thinking if there's a wound coming to the table, like if somebody, if one of the partners has addiction, you might need to talk about what to do about whatever they're addicted to. How, How do you struggle? safeguard? Yeah. What does it look like? All of those All things. Stuff. So yep. we're going to queue up our connect point. Every marriage has vulnerabilities. Even the strongest, most secure marriages have vulnerabilities. And we want to help you have conversations around some of these vulnerabilities to help sure them up. 
to help them be a little bit more secure so that both of you, you have your eyes wide open around the weakness, around the area where it's vulnerable, and you're proactively together saying, hey, this is a place where I feel a little bit insecure. Can you consider me? Or this is a place where I feel like there's a little bit of mistrust. What can we do to help it feel more secure? Thank you so much for checking us, this out with us. Uh, and I hope, I hope that we've given you some practical tips to stay on the offense, to win the battle, and to fight for your marriage in a proactive way. Uh, you know, if this is something that's been helpful for you, again, we want to say, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the YouTube channel, rate us on Google. We would love to have those things happen. And we really want to just say thank you for checking this out. And I want to say really quickly, at the same time, if this episode has brought some Something up that triggers uh, maybe a negative cycle or that has caused some tension between you and your partner, please ask for help. We promote couples getting marriage therapy. Obviously, it's what we do. Um, and we know that this podcast isn't a replacement for therapy or a replacement for counseling or help in some of these harder um, hit areas. So if there is a wound in your relationship or past hurt that needs to be navigated, where there needs to be a repair so trust can be built, we know that that sometimes is outside of what we can queue up in a conversation. So get help if you need it. But in the meantime, we hope that you're having connecting conversations and we're so glad that you're joining us. We'll catch up with you in the next series. Thanks.